Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the PD Sports Podcast. Once again, it has been a massive, massive week in sport. Damien, how you going, my man? Not, What's been happening? Not much, not much. Just been like indulging myself in all the football news. When I mean football, I mean soccer, but AFL has been around too. Um, all the football news has been coming out, no matter what the code is. It has been brilliant. I have loved it. And I really, really, really think there's a lot to it, you know, to really go and talk about in this pod. I really do. Yeah, I think there's a good sort of spread of news and things that have just sort of kicked off. Like, it's not heaps of breaking news other than obviously one bit of major news, which we'll probably cover first, which goes against what we said um, last Monday. Um, but we'll cover that in just a moment. Then obviously the footy, a bit different to the soccer. Um, Arsenal, you know, again, we'll touch base on that. So I feel like a lot of things that we spoke about this time last week, we could probably touch on again, to be perfectly I honest. I think but a few things changed. Obviously, the predictions we made about Andy United change. We talked about Ar- we talk about Arsenal when they go get embarrassed, which means that we should yeah. probably have to maybe change a couple of things that we said about last week. But yeah, like there's just questions, so many questions. Like even things happened in the other games in the Prem. Obviously, the Chelsea Liverpool game had talking points more than just one. Obviously, there's a clear-cut one. And in the AFL, you know, there's talking points about most of the games and what's going to happen come next week with a couple of people. So, yeah, it is, it's huge. Yeah, exactly. So, big thanks to those that have left reviews, uh, given feedback or gotten in the Discord or jumped in either of mine or Damien's Twitch streams over the weekend and last week. The support has been absolutely fantastic, so keep that coming through, especially for those that... Uh, keep leaving us questions as well because I feel like that's one of the better parts of our podcast. It's so the one I look keep that stuff up, guys. It's the one I look forward to the most is actually the pod. When it comes to the pod, is the questions answering everyone in the Discord's questions. It just it helps them get like a it helps the community because they feel it's like it's a community event. A bit but, of connection. Yeah, it's a bit of connection. It's a great word to use, by the way. What I was searching for. But secondly, it allows us to answer a question that maybe, maybe had them confused with sport throughout the week or, you know, they like... But we didn't consider. Yeah, or like Rod's, for instance, asked a lot of Arsenal questions because he's just so lost at the moment in what's going on at the football club. And I feel like that we allowed, you know, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel that at least there's going to be an explanation somewhere that you can listen to to make you feel okay. Yeah, I 100% agree with that too. Yeah. So for us moving forward, keep those questions rolling through because we do really value them and having that link back to our community but let's get straight into it for today Damien yes let's... I think there's only one spot to start we are predominantly a football being soccer podcast we and are that normally involves us covering the Premier League which means the biggest transfer of this window definitely now is Ronaldo rejoining uh, Manchester United and there's a few things here, like it's 19 million, which I think is massive overs. I do too. For a guy that's 36. Um, obviously, he's a freak of an athlete, but I just can't justify that kind of money for a 36-year-old striker. If you put that on anyone else, you'd think it's ludicrous. But my one thing... Oh, I've just seen that you've got the question there in, in the... I didn't actually see that. 
my thing was how does it impact potentially Mason Greenwood or if it's not Mason Greenwood, I actually think it impacts Paul Pogba more because... He's been playing on the left. Pogba's, yeah, we spoke about that last week, we about Pogba on the left. And Pogba didn't start on the left last night. And I think that's a bit of a sign of things to come with Pogba going back deeper. And then he didn't, he didn't have as good as a game either. Forward. He didn't look. Well, he's just not going to influence the same. No, you know, not like at from all. From the deeper position, but if it's the way that they're going to, like, I mean, Greenwood scored three and three. But you know, what, what do you think? Maybe what do you think of it impacting the front four more so than Greenwood? And then maybe we can draw up a bit of a best eleven. But how? What, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that Ronaldo sign? Well, I I was asked in my Twitch chat, "Is Ronaldo the best signing of the window?" And I said, "No, I actually." was talking about it Saturday night then with the boys because I went over to watch the Man City game of them. Um, and I was saying that I actually think it's a mistake for United to sign them now for 19 million. If United was signing for 3 million, I would be like, sure, why not? Yeah. I just feel like at 36, his game's been built around his physical attributes. When you look at Messi compared to him, Messi's always been talented with his feet, being able to get in and out of spaces. And his footballing brain, you you would say he's better because he's more creative. A player like that, as much as you get slower, you're still going to have the technical ability to pick the lock, so to say. Where with Ronaldo, yeah. and I'm not saying he's a bad footballer at all. I think he's great. I think he's phenomenal. And we should be just proud to be alive with these two playing. But his attributes have been always built about how hard he trains, how hard he gets his body in perfect preparation. Because for him, it's all about his pure explosiveness and power. If that's not when jumping, yeah. it's in sprinting. If that's not beating a player with a, with a dribble at speed. Um, so for me, I feel that at 16 million at 36, he's going to lose that eventually. I was saying to my to um, Tommy, shout out to Tommy because he actually listens to the pod. Thanks, Tom. Um, I was saying to Tommy, I don't think he had as good of a year for Juve last season, and he didn't, and he still scored 29 goals. So it probably shows you that he still yeah. he, he still scores. But for me, he didn't look like a player that a prime Cristiano Ronaldo would have went to the Serie A and just carved it up and scored 40 goals in a season. For me, it was a guy yeah. that was like, gets in the right area, gets some service because it's Juve, and the fact that he's getting service because it's Juve in the Serie A, he's got goals. I, mean, I feel like he goes to a more competitive league at 36 years of age, and the Premier League is, than the Serie A. I just feel like he's going to get found out. I feel like he's not as quick as he used to be. He's not as powerful as he used to be. Yes, he's an unreal player, but unlike Messi, who's got that technical ability and that creative and that natural talent, Ronaldo's always been known for not being naturally gifted, but being so hard at it, training. It's eventually going to lose him. Now, I'm not going to say that makes him a bad footballer. I just feel like it's going to find him out. For me, I feel like it's a detriment to Greenwood because you're going to take probably minutes away from him, you think. And the guy's got such a ceiling. He, he, he looks incredible. He, he looks like United's best attacker. Um, and if it wasn't for him, they don't win on the weekends. I feel like he was their best player in the park. Um, I also will say, though, on the flip side... Greenwood's going to learn off Ronaldo now, and that's only a good thing yeah. for United. So it's not all doom and gloom. I just think, A, 19 million, way too much. B, Ronaldo's not as good as the player as everyone thinks he is because he's been playing in the Serie A, and I feel like he's going to get found out a bit. And lastly, but more importantly, I do think his UCL campaign of Juve wasn't great. And is he going to be... Yeah, but neither was the team, so that's the thing. you got to yeah. put that into perspective. I just don't know how he fits because Pogba's been playing on the left, so you take... Pogba back in the I central, think, and then you play Ronaldo on the yeah. left. I don't think Ronaldo can play on the left anymore. I feel like he has to play central. So Cavani's not playing. Greenwood, what, you move him to the left, maybe to Rashford's fit. But at the same stage, I'm like, 
I don't know. For me, I would actually change system. And we were talking about this a little bit in the Discord the other day when it was announced. Go 4-2-4 and just go helter-skelter and just be like, we have one of the best attacks in the league, one of the best attackers in the hot prospect. And, and we've got San- Sancho on one side. I wouldn't even sacrifice Bruno. Sancho on one side. Um, Pogba oh, on the left. And you play Bru- Bruno deeper, but with license to go and just get McTominay just to stand in the middle of the park and not move. And just go, yeah. go, right? One Basaka sits, great, you still got three at the back, sure, drawing in when you want. Done. And you just go into games going, we're going to play this free-flowing, fast-attacking football and just go at teams. And if we win 4-2, superb. We're not going to win games 1-0. It's going to be 4-2, 5-2, or you're going to outscore us. And I, yeah, I mean... I feel, like United, I, I feel like United fans would be happy with that too. I feel like people are just overhyping Sancho. Like, I've just not seen anything that screams that he deserves to be in the team at the moment. Like, until Sancho starts turning up, in my opinion, his is a spot that's taken because you can't bench Greenwood the way he started the season. I think there's definitely... Unless... I see a world where Ronaldo plays on the left, Rashford plays up front, Bruno in the 10, and Greenwood on the right. I do like, see a world where that happens too, but I don't think they will. You've got to remember, Sanchez joined the new league, apart from being English. If he was like South American, whatever, I'd say give him six months to learn. But he should understand yeah, a bit more about what the league is. I feel like he needs even to get at used Dortmund to it. Or for, the, for England, he couldn't even get the England team. Like I think there's something in that, you know, like... I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. Like, don't be surprised if Sancho's not going to take the league by storm. I think there's a lot. Dortmund are smart. They've they capitalised on the market when he wanted to leave City. He's played well in a Bundesliga where it's not you know the best quality and, and at an international level he's never shown it. Like, I just think I think it's great business. United by had to overpay. I think it's great Pardon? business by Dortmund, but I totally agree with that statement, big time, man. Well, until I see it, like. I feel like it's a, a Dimaria, Depay, you know, there's so many wingers that just, it doesn't happen. And I don't want to be negative, but I just, there's no way you could drop Mason Greenwood. Like, oh, I don't think there is a world where you can. And I think most United fans would absolutely be livid. And I would be livid to too. you three goals in three games. I would be like, livid too, and I'm not even a United fan. He, he was one of my, you know, marginal FPL picks that I took up this season from the minute one. And if it wasn't for yeah. him, I went with Ings over Antonio because I just think Danny Ings has more quality long-term. And the fixtures for Ings are good before Antonio's fixtures are like really spread out, which is great for him. And if it wasn't for Greenwood, I would be dead and buried on fantasy. As it so happens, my fantasy's actually done really well. But yeah, uh, That's why I went out of the way and took a negative four on him last week. Yeah, exactly. I to get but him in because I just, I just don't see... A- the thing for me was his flexibility. Oh, he can play. He, That's what I like. he can go either either side for essential. Either side or up front. For me, yeah. it's his natural ability just to find the back of the net. Like the guy just knows where to put the ball. Yeah. You know, you watch strikers get in positions and then they not finish, or you don't watch a natural finisher. You watch a guy that's good with his feet and good to run, and then he gets in front of the goals and you're like nosebleed territories or panics. Just trying to think of strikers yeah. that you've seen that have done that in previous time. Timo Werner may be a great example, right? Um. Mason Greenwood just looks like someone that goes, I've done this so many times before, I'm just going to pick my spot and you're not going to get nowhere near it. And the thing is, is that he'll pick his spots in the keep and move. Oh, other spot now. And it, yeah, and he can go both feet it, too, it, which it, is I think I, 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 Look, if I was a United fan, which I'm not, but I think I love watching Greenwood play. And it sounds weird as a Liverpool fan. I've grown up watching United because my cousin's a United fan. I've come through the Sir Alex period 
where I watched that intensely because it's such always good prime football. time as well. And it was always prime time here in Australia. I've watched so much United. I feel like, as much as a Liverpool fan I am, I have a very un- good understanding of what United fans want. They would be livid if he wasn't playing, I do feel. Like, how do you, he started so well? Last season was only disrupted because of disciplinary reasons. The guy needs the play to develop. And I feel like getting Ronaldo into two rooms is great. 19 million is too much. But you, the only way he's going to get better is by playing. You can't drop him. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's more the fact that yeah. he's shown that he's capable. And why, why would you want to disrupt that if you're Ollie? Like, I mean, I know you've, you've got your big marquee signing sitting on the bench, but good. Because if that can't spur Sancho on, then... It Nothing proves really. my point. Nothing. Yeah, but then it on. proves my point too. So, I think lots of talking points for United. Varane playing in his first game. I didn't actually see a whole lot of this game, so I don't have a whole lot to. He played on, really well. Um, I don't think he was beaten in a dribble, and he just looked. You know what it looked like? You know when you watch defenders, I'm going to liken it to Van Dyke because it was a Van Dyke s performance. But you know how aggressive Van Dyke is? You know, as soon as he makes a decision, bang, that's the decision. Yeah. I'm either going to jock you up or I'm going to step in and win it or I'm going to go crunching in the air. It looked like that. It looked like just that elite defender look, you know. I'm going to make a decision. It's going to be the best decision every time and it's decisive and it's exactly the decision I need to make. Where when you watch yeah. Harry Maguire defend on the flip side, you see that little bit of indecision sometimes when he's out of form. He, not yeah. once did Varane look like that For me it's like watching You know Van Dyke So much time on the ball when there shouldn't be any time Right Or so much time to make a decision The amount of times that like And we'll touch on the Lukaku Van Dyke battle later in the pod But the amount of times where it was like Oh this is a hairy moment And he just comes across and does something And he goes Well he looks like there's so much time But you know from playing that it's like a split second decision Varane looked the yeah. same way And I feel like it's a great signing for United Because it's exactly the area they needed to strengthen And I feel like that's the more scary of the signing Is the Varane signing than the Ronaldo signing To United being really yeah. And as a Liverpool fan As much as I would love to see him back And on their horse And us fighting for the title Like the good old days of 08 Or you know, having United back where they arguably belong Which is fighting for a league, for a league title right? And it's only a good thing for the league if they do There's still part of me that wishes they You know Finish like tenth every year. And still it's down. funny, you know, yeah. and it's funny because I'd rather be laughing at, at United than Arsenal, right? And being scared of them. Yeah, but <laughs> the Varane signing makes me more scared of United than say the Ronaldo one does. Yeah, I mean, I think there's other reasons why Ronaldo. Obviously, from a marketing perspective, it's massive. That's huge. Um, obviously, with COVID, so for them to probably recoup a heap of money commercially, it's massive. Um, Obviously, the mentoring, I think, is massive for a young team to get someone of that quality in and around the team on a daily basis. I think that's massive as well. So I think there's plenty of positives. Ronaldo, if they're smart with his minutes, it's going to be one of those signings where he'll contribute in the like off-league games and Champions League, I feel. And then the big... It wouldn't surprise me if in the big league games you might only see him come on for half an hour. Which I think suits minutes. him, but is Ronaldo going to be... Happy with that? I don't Happy know. Happy with that. I, I feel like that would have to have been spoken about. Like he wouldn't have signed and then they'd go, oh yeah, by the way, you're only going to play 75% of games or whatever. Like I feel like that must have been spoken about. I hope so. Still, still, if that's the role, 19 million, too much? Uh, I don't know. I feel like you probably make that back in a week on shirt sales. Like, just, you know what I mean? Like there's ways around it. Like the marketing that he brings, the... The endorsements that will now join Manchester United again as a, you know, being partnered with Ronaldo, I feel like the money actually pays for itself. Um, with fans back in the stadium, to get ticket prices back as well. So I think 
19 million won't take Manchester United too long to recoup for, for Ronaldo, but I know in, in principle it doesn't sound right, but make it practically I, I think they, they probably for less, but doesn't yeah, hurt their bottom line too much. Well, I think their hands are tied because of the window being closed very soon as well. Yeah, so obviously I reckon United may have had to butter up Juve a little bit and then the agents played a bit of um, picking in the middle and who wanted him. Which which I get because he's the one that Ronaldo owes a lot to. So, like, yeah. Which he does. Yeah, and he I think if he massively. respects him so much, which it looks like he does, then... Anyway, back to the game. Go from um, there. So, great, oh, great goal for Greenwood. Well, Keeper should do better. United win 1-0 in a game they weren't particularly great in. I do have a question. I don't know if you've seen it, Paul. Should the should the goal stand? Was there a foul by Pogba? What was that? Um, actually, well, I actually haven't what, seen the, uh, do the goal yet, so is can't I really comment. I quickly go to OptiSports, and I'm going to talk about it while you go and have a little bit of a watch, because it's going to take you 30 seconds, right? VAR looked yeah. at this. I might even see if I've got a post yeah. on Facebook, and I'll just tag you in the post. But, but yeah, um, I now. think that this is as clear-cut of a foul as we're going to see this season. And judging by how VAR has been worked, uh, if you haven't seen it, I just found the post that I would highlight it for you, Paul, right? It's all right. But um, for me, oh, I don't understand yeah. how it's not a foul. And this is not me hating on United. And I and trust me, I want this goal to stand because Greenwood got me points. But he's gone over the top of the ball. It's high. You can see Ruben Neves' shin pad move because of the force of it. I know Mike Dean's right on top of him and seen it. And that's apparently why they haven't disallowed the goals because apparently Mike Dean's in the best spot. Doesn't matter. He's missed it. Somehow he's missed it. For me, it's high. It's over the top of the ball. He's made contact with studs showing... Shin high. I'm not even thinking foul. I'm thinking that's called back for a free kick and Pogba's in the stands. It's red. Judging by judging by what... Well, what, what challenge does it remind you of? From I've mentioned it in the notes, if you haven't seen it as well. Yeah. The only thing that I say with Jackers is... Ooh. We'll talk about it here. Why not? And I'll just... Yeah. Um, I, I Do you want to know talk- what the contributing factor was, I reckon? Uh, it was look, that Neves that sh- didn't go down that straight away. Matter. That it was that he kept his feet and then he went down. I know it shouldn't, Look, but I reckon they've that's gone I'm into consideration because he's taken that, that like two ha- steps. I'm the sort of player if that happens and I know it's Pogba, Ooh, I'm on the ground Jesus, screaming bad. like I've broken my leg because I want him gone, right? I'm a bit of a dirty twit like that. And I do think that's the case why Joey Cancelio has done well to get Xhaka done. Because I actually think Xhaka makes less contact. The problem with Xhaka's is, is his training leg and he purposely puts it in the air to get him. And he shows the studs. Well, I feel like Pogba is in one movement. He's not trying to get him. He just goes over the top of the ball and he lunges at it. How many just times do you see them when players bad, go in with a lunge on the touch. bad touch and get absolutely sent to the stands for it? It happens so often. For me, I just don't understand yeah. now. The precedent set by VAR in previous years and what they've said about VAR this season is that they're looking for contact, clear and obvious contact to make a decision. Nothing's more clear than studs on his shin and his shin pad literally goes sideways. So for me, it's not even a question if it's a foul. For me, it's a question yeah. do you send him off? And my answer is yes. My answer, as much as I would, I, I want this yeah. goal to stand, it has stood great. You know, great for me for fantasy. I actually think Pogba goes. I think where it comes back to whether it's red or yellow, there's two contributing factors. There's intent, yep. which is like low, so I'd call it careless. And then impact, I'd have it low as well. So that's probably where... It sits on a yellow, but 
like I, I see a world where it's red, but I think because of the intent and the for impact, probably saves it from being a red. I think down for me, yellow. the reason why I give but it I definitely red think is it's not a white. Now, if he catches him on his ankle with his boot, hundred percent free kick, right? The fact that he's gone over a ball's like diameter, over the top of the, what the ball would be in height, and he gets him shin high. If he's not wearing a shin pad, he's broken his shin. He's broken his leg. Nah. So for me. Well, that's where impact comes into it, and I think because he just grazes the shin, I think that's where the decision would be, would be changed to a yellow. But like, I'm not dis- I'm not disputing that there's Death no card. Like, there's definitely a card, but I think intent and impact makes a difference there. But yeah, Bar I mean, looked I don't at know it how that gets and said there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it. Which yeah, which I think this was very clear wasn't and clear and obvious. Speaking. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel they don't want to be overturning heaps. I think this year that's the thing, unless it's like Mike Dean's literally on top of it, and I just don't understand how he doesn't give it. I think Mike Dean thinks that because he hasn't gone down, he's looking for it, and I'm like, well, mate, he's been crunched, and so it's just teaching players to go down, which I don't like. Yeah, and that's where it's just yeah one one or two big decisions by the way. One of those strange ones where we can get onto the second one right now. I feel it's a nice transition. Talk about our boys. Let's go talk. Yeah, Do we talk about incident straight away? Or we talk about other things, or we just yeah. get straight into it. I mean, oh I think mate, we just well, need to I, touch oh, look, on he meant it. Great hell. corner, poor um, marking. Allison can't do anything because I've seen comments where Allison should be saving. Yeah. I'm like, hang on, it's literally gone perfect yeah. spot. So, nah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I 100 agree with that. So let's move on from that because. That was for me. That was the only positive talking point Look, Chelsea had, I would other than like a say that they set up in a way that they knew they had to set up against Liverpool and what made Tuchel great. And I actually think they controlled the game in the aspect of Liverpool having the ball, but they can't do much with it first. You know, until the goal, and then after the goal, they're pressing Liverpool in areas. After the goal, they completely shut off and said, "All right, we're done. We've got what we needed." And it shows how good Chelsea can be and how flexible they can be. They can come press, they can play their football, or they can sit off. And I feel like they marshal the game brilliantly. Yeah. What they tried to do probably a little bit too much was use Lukaku as the out ball, and then Dyke won that battle all day long. And it just kind of highlights that. I think Lukaku in the big games needs either A, a lot of help, B, he's not going to do it by himself. Yeah. And I just don't... Or someone off you him. Know, Chelsea fans have banged him up yeah. a lot. Look at him in the Serie A, and the big games goes missing. Champions League... Occasionally he's gone missing. He's not saying he's bad. I think he's got to be great for him. Just feel like in those big games against those good centre backs, yeah. I just feel like can't carry. He lacks a touch. Don't know what it is, but he, he, what he lacks, he lacks help. He's not going to be that guy that's going to be able to do it yeah. by himself. But yeah, great header. Obvious yeah, moment we have that. to talk about. Paul, first thing to you: red card every day. Hundred percent. I've seen a lot of comments. I've yeah. seen a lot of comments that it shouldn't be. Hundred percent. Deliberate handball on the goal Look, line. If that's not a red card, I don't know what a red card is. There's the, two, the, the, the thing that makes it deliberate handball for me is, yeah, because like you can't when you're talking about like a clear cut goal scoring chance. If the ball does not, regardless if it flicks off him or not, if the ball does 100%. not hit his arm, it's gone in the back of the net. So, and that's where if that happens on the penalty spot, I'd give it a yellow. Because there's too many variables. But when you're talking about being Every on day, the post, that has to be a red card. And that's and it's yeah. shit. And it's the, the rule isn't clear enough. But for me, it's clear and obvious handling of the ball Look, in a goal-scoring position. Then I it's believe a it's a red, like 100%. I think the decision is correct. Know. Clear and obvious. Rules clear cut. It doesn't even matter if it's accidental. Reese James in that situation could have turned, had his back to the goal and had his hand by his head. 
and just, you know, out of instinct, right, in a natural position, like up against his body. But yeah. if it makes contact with his hand, as much as he knows nothing about it, it's red. That's how the rule's written, right? That's with... I, th- I think yeah, that's it, it comes come back from when Suarez, from the Suarez off one, the goal line. And they said anyone that cup. makes handball on the goal line is just off. doesn't matter what happens, right? Which I'll talk about yeah. the rule in a second. But it was also, I remember the, yeah. like, the David Luiz red card last year. I remember there was talk about um, why his was a red. And it had to do with denying a goal-scoring opportunity and it was like if yep. a if a lunging cha- tackle comes in, that's not inhibiting that person. Yeah. Like if they're blo- trying to block the ball and they take the guy out after they've shot, that's a yellow card. But like pulling someone down who's going one on one, even if they're in the box, that's still a red card because it's, it, it, it has to be. It has to be goal scoring opportunity. If yeah, that makes it sense, has like to there's, be, there's has, still more to have unfolded. Cynical, that's probably the only way I can explain. You have that. to make the judgment that he knows exactly what he's doing. And yeah. for me, Louise was. Louise knew he was beat, and in that situation, yes. he knew, oh, I'm going to bring him down. Yeah. yeah I'm going to bring him down now. And pulled him yeah. back. And he, yeah, and, and thought he, he might got, have been outside the box, back, right? Um, for example. Back to the Reese James, there's a couple of things I don't like about yeah. the decision. Still think the decision's correct. At first, what I don't like is the fact that um, Anthony Taylor, who, by the way, I don't think had a good game at all. I think he was dead horrid all day for both sides, right? The only decision he got right was this one after bar is he goes over and VAR show him a still shot of it hitting James's arm. I don't like that at all. Because it makes like it look like too. James has put his arm out and he's been hit, right? Which I still think if he watches how I'm going to say he should watch yeah. it, he still gets the right conclusion. But he watches it for for two seconds and goes, all right, red, see ya. He should be watching that at live time from front on first. Secondly, they then should... Sh- he must have thought... He must have yep. thought- I think it's hit the arm. I just want to clarify. So he must like this is the only thing I could think. As soon as I saw that happen, and he said, I go, he must have seen the arm movement. He must have only been checking. He must have said on the the microphone, yep. "Can you get point of contact with the arm for me?" Because it's yeah. ironic that the still shot was there waiting for him. I reckon he said, "Get me a picture of it showing the arm." I think it's hit the arm. Show me. They've shown him. He's gone Great. bang. If that's the conversation that's happened, then I think that's brilliant referee. If it's a f- so fluke for or me, I don't know if the conversation has. I hope it has, and referees do communicate like that. So if Anthony Tate has actually gone and said, oh, "I think it's a pen, let it go, get me point of contact," and it's just happened, brilliant, well done, right? And then in his head, he's already knows it's red, yeah. right? Which it is. For me, if it's not, and they just shown him that, when we've seen moments yes. with VAR where they don't do it, even though they said they're going to show it at real time now. I feel that does reach James in harshly. I still think he gets sent. Because they should watch it from front on, and then they should say, but here's an angle of his arm movement. And it's it, for me, the problem was it wasn't the fact that he hit his arm. It was yeah. the movement of, it's hit his fire, he knows it's going in, and then he swings his arm to the ball. You know? If it was just one of those... Yeah. I think that out of instinct, that's I think, you know it's going not, in, he just go and do that, and just like, oh, shivers, right? Um, yeah. For me... I don't like how they yeah. went about it. Now, that's where I would love that we could hear the conversation the referee have. And I think that's something that maybe Sky should look into or whatever, or even every referee's, you know, I know it's not a thing, but, you know, getting him interviewed occasionally or whatever. So that we know, right? That's something what was said. For me, the biggest problem I have with it, and yeah. I think Tuchel brought it up, Tuchel had no problem with the red. He had more problem with the rule. And I do think that my question to you is, should there be wording or a change of wording that allows in this situation for there not to be a red? 
To be fair, by the way, I actually think this one's a really grey area. Nah, because it comes under bringing the game into disrepute. Because if you're going to deliberate handball on the goal line, then what people are going to start diving in front of it and take a yellow card? That that's what the rules there to the rules there to protect the person that throws himself in front of the ball yeah. and pretends to be a goalkeeper. That that's what the deliberate handball on the goal line's for. And I think Reese James is stiff, but in plenty of other sports, there's rules that people are stiff. And this is one real rare example that you might see one every, once every five years. I wouldn't say once every five. So I wouldn't yeah, be changing rules over it because then you start coming down. Because then you start coming down into things that are subjective. You say, what's his intent? Nah, 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 nah. nah. Everyone that yeah. deliberately handballs the ball on the goal line should be uh, sent well, off. The rule, That's just the rule it, says, it's black and white. Quote, There's no it's subjection. It's denial of a goal via handball. And for me, that doesn't even mean accidental. And I'm going to... Uh, mate, yeah. he could have had his hands by his side, turned his back, and it's hit his arm. And as much as his arms are and in the... Hit. Yeah, as much as his arms are in a natural position, he has it it's hit his hand slash arm, handball, as much as anywhere else in the park, it's, you know, not even a pen. Yeah, it's, it's a goal, because so you have to see him. And that's there, the rule, and I think that's what people have that's... to understand. That's why I think Tuchel was good in his press conference, by the way, and I, I love him as a manager. He understood. He, he's, just, he's just like, it's he probably stiff, I don't like it. I think it will change, but it's red, basically. He was wording around it, but it's in quote unquote basically yeah. what he said. And yeah, what I also am going to ask you though, Paul, Klopp said something very interesting in his press conference. He thought Chelsea going down to 10 men made it more difficult for Liverpool. I'd agree because Chelsea just then decided we're just going to play for, for a point. And we've seen this is a Chelsea team that did that last year and won a Champions League doing it, you know? Like, they were just defensively really solid. So, I think Liverpool need teams to play against them in order to be successful. So, Tuchel's gone, all right, let's take away their best attribute, which is attacking into the space. So, Fair play. Look, if Chelsea play. nicked exactly. one, then they I'd had say, a chance. good on you. They had a chance. You know, it was, you know what I mean? It was a shot block six-yard box, but I think 100% they did. 100% they did. And... Yeah, so, I mean... I think if you're Chelsea, you're happy to walk away with a point. Liverpool, we sort of got lu- not lucky. We had enough chances, but no, they didn't. our chances didn't come from from damaging areas. It was all long shots. So Look, I, I think both teams at this stage of the season will take a point um, out of that started, game. I would have it if you offered me a point after playing against ten minutes, ten men for forty five minutes. I think it, Same. it it feels a bit eh, doesn't it? But in the scheme of things, we're on seven points yeah, on three games played, and we played think, part, another title rival. I don't think that's bad. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, then, I, feel, then I think if this game is like match week 37, and the stakes yeah, are a bit exactly. different. I, I will say that I agree with what Klopp said. I understand why because it limits us our two uh, our two factors: us playing into the space that's created, and us hitting teams on the break. And our best moment I thought came when Chelsea actually went up the other end, had the shot box in the six yard box, and we went down the other end. And then I think it was Mane that got it in the end after Salah got it, played it inside. And I think he burnt it. But I feel that was the only moment we actually looked like we're going in behind Chelsea. I 100% agree that we need teams to play against us. But for what it means, and maybe it brings up another argument again, do we lack that really creative player to come into the game to change that game? I think you're going to give Chelsea uh, a lot of credit. I don't know. I think it's such a situational thing. Yeah, it's such a situational thing. And... You're not versing teams like Chelsea every day of the week as well. It's and that's the other side. factor. You know, like it's 
it's still early in the season. It's yeah, exactly. Majorly world class team. Like I've got no issue with the way that they approach the game. And I think, you know, if we were to play Champions League, I think you know you give it another couple of months and then we're yeah. right in. I got no issues with that so, either. I feel like well, I've got the no only thing we'll say is that that game cried out for was maybe that big, tall, lumpy strike you can lump the ball to. Um, we don't have that. Yeah, but I don't have that. And like, yeah, unless you can find a plan B guy in Bolo that can do that and then obviously be quick, fast and be able to press, then that would be great. But yeah, yeah, very rare breed of footballer that is. Pretty rare breed. All right, next game, Paul. This is something that I found funny, right? Is that... Go for it. I kind of knew this was coming. I just don't... I Once I saw the team sheet that collapsed and actually playing centre-back... I, I, I loaded up on Man City. Yeah, same team, for me. Right? And I, I'm just unfortunate that the rest of my multi didn't come in. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank you, Toby Green, for not getting 15 disposals. Cheers, mate. You cost, you cost me a bit. But I loaded up at the same time in another same game multi with City. And in my game, in my multi, I had City to win, City to win the first half, City to score two goals by halftime, and City to win negative three. Yeah. And she came in. Yeah. So it was a bit annoying that the rest didn't come in. But yeah, for me, it was the fact that the lineup was wrong. They went to a back five with no proper centre backs. I was like, I understand what you're trying to do, Arteta, yeah. but you need centre backs in order to play. And maybe when all your centre backs are back, Gabriel, Ben White, whatever, maybe then you can play a back three. Like, it, for me, when I'm co- well, I'm not coaching at the moment, I'm playing, I'm coaching at obviously Prince Alfred, and I'm not head coach there, right? But I'm coaching at. Um, I'm like player coaching yeah. in my current amateur club after resigning in my current club. And we've gone through a very similar situation that all our fullbacks injured, but we've got four centre-backs in the squad, right? So we've been playing a three at the back system and one of them playing six. Since yeah. we've done that, we haven't lost the game, right? Where we were shipping goals because we didn't have fullbacks. you got to play to what your squad is. And I just couldn't yeah. believe that he's gone from a back four to a back five with Kalasnak playing centre-back. And I'm like going, hang on. But yeah, it was just inviting trouble. Like, I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to soak up pressure and sit there and whatever. But you're not Chelsea. You don't have the squad to do it. For me, the best way to attack that game with your arsenal is go try and play your football. Show yeah. philosophy. Yeah. With Rob Holding, Kalazanac, and Callum Chambers you, at the back. What are you trying like, to do? Like, what is that? It's just... When you've sent Saliba on loan and you've got Pablo Mari sitting there, like, a recognised yeah. two, like, okay centre-backs... And obviously Ben White being I look sick, at that team but, and I go, really? I don't know. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. And like, you're... Yeah, so what do you... I don't, and it's not like Cedric's going to I actually don't know what they're trying to achieve. Like, achieve. That's the other thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Nah, I would have... I would have rather than you know, yeah. back. I mean, he's not there, great, but... If gonna... I mean, I would have started Maitland. I would have... Uh, yeah. I would have started Maitland-Niles if he was okay with playing. Because I know he's cracked the shits in the past and he doesn't like playing right back, Just, but surely yeah. it's better Look, than not playing at all. At the end of all. the day, that lineup was like, really, Arteta? Really? Like, yeah. Um, and then I was like, all right, let's see what happens. Goal down, 2 0 down. And then Xhaka, that is just, it's just silly. In the modern day game, it's red. I don't even think it's as bad as Pogba's in terms of like what has happened. It's just the follow through is silly. Because he just sticks his leg up to catch him. And then Joey can tell him make yeah. the most of it. And Mike, uh, not Mike Dean. Who was refereeing this game? Uh, can't remember. He goes to his pocket and he pulls out the yellow. 
And then he sees that Kinsella's rolling around on the floor, you know, screaming. Puts his yellow back in and he gets the red. No, he'd already I been booked. So. I think he'd already been booked, hadn't he? Nah, straight red. I'm not, have. I'm not sure. Let me double check. And it was just a weird bit of footage. Right. That I was like, immediate reaction is yellow. And I think VAR would overturn it to red anyway, right? Because just where he got him. But then Pogba's incident changed my mind on that. And then yeah. he puts it back in his pocket and then he sends him because he sees how much he's screaming on the floor. So for me, A, if Ruben Neves does that, Pogba gets sent off. B, it, he's your captain. You're two nil down. You need someone to be out there and lead to steady the ship, not get sent off. And I tend to pat him on his back as he walked down the tro- yeah. trophy. Is he captain? Oh, is he no, he's captain? not captain anymore. He's not captain anymore, is he? No. No, Bamiang's the captain. Yeah. Just, yeah. You need someone to just go, hey, it's okay. Instead, he just throws the game and distributes for them. And after that, see you later. No quality in the back. Back five, that wasn't any gooder. And then you got Odegaard yeah, sitting there like, as a central center. Like, for me, himself. I didn't believe they played four. Like, you're playing five for one. You have the team just makes no right. sense. Like you're limiting their creativity. Like it would have made more. It would have made more sense playing Kalasnach at left wing back and putting Tierney in at centre back. Playing, you have to bench. You have to if you're going to play that way. You're going to bench Smith Rowe. You're going to have to then put Odegaard out on one on the right side. Yeah, exactly. Someone else is going to sit like in. Some you've got to absorb pressure. Another, I just like, didn't know what the lineup was And then. Yeah, it's just so I mean, it just wasn't balanced, and the red card just kills it. <laughs> I think I've got Gabriel too. I've no idea where the hell he is at the moment. So, but yeah, look, Ben White, Gabriel coming uh, to it. I actually think it makes a difference for Arsenal's back four. But does it make a massive difference where they're not shipping goals? No, not really. For, I mean, they've conceded nine in three games and five yeah, of them for me, here, I feel so like two, as much as I've Ben White's an unknown quantity because it's going to be his first right, we'll run for Arsenal when he comes back, right? A, B, Gabriel, I believe, is okay. He's better than what they've got, but I don't think he's a great centre-back. And then I'm like, what else do you play on that back four? For me, they just ben, don't have yeah. full-backs because Tyrini's going to get injured at some point or Tierney or however you pronounce it. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, second time round was good. Yeah, Keep right. saying that. Tini was, um, yeah, you know, he gets injured a lot. So for me, they need full backs, and if they're going to play free at the back, they still need bombing on wing backs. And I'm like, no, mates, and I was like, going to play on the right, and then who do you play at the left? What Smith Rowe wing back? No, you're not doing that. Nah, Saka. If they're going to play that way, Saka plays wing back. Yeah, there, and you just got to. We. It was a weird lineup for me. But, you know, there's rumours that not oh, Saka, Arteta's going to go. That'd be a knee jerk reaction to just a five 0 loss. I understand they started poorly, but they've gone down this route now. They didn't sack him at the end of the window at the end of last season. They've got to give him till December. They've got to give him to December. Yeah. Get his players back. It's going to take time, time now. I think, something. Like for me, I just don't know what Arsenal implement that changes around. And the fact they're bottom of the Premier League, I think at the minute, because Norwich haven't conceded as many goals. Um, yeah, got a relegation battle that this week. We've got Norwich Arsenal this week. That's going to be yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, next match week. That that to me, if Norwich that is going to be game, so funny. And I know it's only been four games. I can't wait for uh, my boy Timo uh, Pukki goes bang bang see you later Timo mate. Pukki oh, I would just go laugh. nuts I would laugh but um yeah then they got Burnley that's why I was trying to have Burnley after that and then Spurs clean sheets there and I could put him in I, I've binned him now because he's I've, be, I've binned him now no, I they are not keeping so clean anymore. sheets I did that at the start of the year no I was like, I've got clean sheets against Burnley and Norwich I'll just hold on to Ben White till then 
and now I've binned him off. <laughs> I've binned him off. I got Livermento in for obvious yeah. reasons. And yeah, speaking about other games as well, uh, Southampton actually looked decent against yeah. Newcastle in a game where I think Newcastle really should be looking to win that. Um, for me, the funny one. For, for me, the funny one again. was the Everton game. Did you see the DCL Richarlison fight? My boys. I didn't actually, but my bloody boys. I got them both. Oh, I had yeah. them both up front. That kind of gives away what I've done already. Um, going into this week, I had them both up front because I just thought that they uh, could link up with each other. But Richarlison, since match week one, just hasn't looked the same to me. So um, I've kept Calvert-Lewin, but I've actually already made my transfers for next week because I was angry again. Um, and I've taken another four-point hit. But... Um, Richarlison's just like it. it's not working. He's playing in that number ten role, and I just yeah, people. I think yeah, he needs to be it. out wide, sort of those diagonal runs. But I didn't actually see him and Calvert Lewin fight. But speaking of Calvert Lewin, no, I have not. I did see a rumor this morning. Have you have you seen it? He has been linked what? with a move to Arsenal um, at the moment, which scared me a little bit. Um, I think it's in preparation I, if here for Bamiyang goes. I apparently, there um, there's some rumours about him potentially going there. I wouldn't be going to Arsenal. No, no way. I wouldn't be going to Arsenal either. But only place that I think I know, that I'm scared for my fantasy team. And that makes sense. <laughs> the fact that City haven't found a striker and that's worth a punt because he's English, right? But I honestly think that they're not going to that Ferry and Torres scored a brace and they might just ride it till January, which I think would be a mistake. I feel like they need a striker there badly. This is the fact that yeah. Arsenal played with 10 men and were horrid. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, the fight was funny because apparently Cavalloon is the penalty taker. But according to Rafa, that if Cavalloon isn't on the park, Richarlison takes it. And Richarlison took that as in like that he takes it now. Um, and then it was like, yeah. And like, I don't mind the hunger in Richarlison, but you know, as a player who's taken the pen. Yeah, and look, I think he needed a goal. That's what yeah. it was too. I mean, I got the I got the yeah. points anyway because Gavin Lewin scored it. But um, anyway, I just thought, oh, that I thought was, it was uh, West Ham nice finally dropped points, but I think like they look like the form team at the moment in the Prem. They just look good going forward, especially. Um, and their fixtures are really good. Like you look at their fixtures, and they don't play like a run of big boys. Like Aston Villa for me have not looked great, and they've got I think Liverpool, United, City. Spurs is their next four, I think. Something like that, something crazy. Actually, I don't think it's, one of them out and one of them's Everton. I think, right? One of them's out and one of them's Everton. I yeah. can't remember. I think it's on top of my head. I think it's City, Liverpool, Everton, Spurs. I think, right? Because I'm bit, I'm bit, I'm after the international window. Just in case yeah. there's an injury, I am binning Danny Ings on fantasy, right? My idea behind Danny Ings was I want Antonio, yeah. but I can always move to Antonio because Ings is more expensive, right? But for me, Ings' his best features was yeah, up but... until this game went coming up. So I was like, oh, I'm going to take Ings now while his games are good. Yeah. And he hasn't been bad for me because Antonio has been the best FPL asset, right? Um, and Antonio's so features he, aren't going to get so any good. worse. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, West Ham looked great. And for me, it leads me to my last point. Villa looking shaky. Have maybe they been found out or the signings haven't gelled is more maybe the reason? I don't think they've been I don't think they've been found out. I just think it's just taken yeah, a bit of time. It's obviously a very new team. Um, I think the expectations might have been a little bit higher because if you look at the stats from last year, they were so reliant on Grealish. So it doesn't surprise me. Like when he wasn't in the squad last year, they barely took points. So 
don't be surprised if it takes time for them to figure it out. But the other thing I really did like was um, Buendia scoring. I think he just needed a goal. Um, get some confidence. So I think Villa will be fine. It's just going to take him a bit of time Cheeky to, to figure out, out life post-Jack Grealish. Post-Grealish. It's going quite well. So Dave underscore 23, go check that out. That's actually legitimately my YouTube FM save. His life about Grealish is the name. Um, pretty good stuff. Um, and my second point slash point to that is I think Leeds have been found out a lot. I just feel like teams just know they're going to score against Leeds and they've kind of worked out against yeah. Bielsa what you've got to do. They still worry me when they're going to gonna play because we play them when we come back after yeah. the international break. And they still worry me because Leeds is the sort of side that could score four on their day, right? Um, but at the same stage, I feel like that the game, st- game plan of Bielsa has been found out by the bigger teams at least or like most Premier League sides because they're good scouting. And because of that, they're just being caught on the break big time. And I feel like, as much as I'm worried about Leeds scoring, Leeds playing through our hands because they're going to come and play no matter what and we're going to just go down the other end. Yeah. Could be a bit of fatigue as well. Like, they've played this high-energy, high-pressing system for for so long now. There's going to be a yeah, time when players too. start to break down. You know what I mean? Like, you can't sustain it for so long and especially, like, of players of Leeds as, um, not quality, but... You know, they're not the elite of the elite. They don't get a break, you know what I mean? Like, they have to just keep grinding and grinding and running themselves into the ground. Like, it's going to get to a point where it's just going to get too much, I think. And that could be now. Like, we saw Sheffield United last year, that second season syndrome where um, the overlapping centre-backs were only going to work for so long. So, you know, it definitely doesn't surprise me if Leeds, you know, yeah, struggle to I, I be agree in touch with, that, with the top half I reckon that is definitely a good statement. And I think that... Leeds, if they're not careful, will slip into a relegation battle if they don't sort it out. I do think they're going to be good enough to stay up because I just think they have quality. Like, Rafinha can change a game on his, uh, at any moment. When Bamford starts finding goals, he can change games. And the fixtures do get good for Leeds after this at the minute as well. Um, and I just... Uh, they have had some difficult games. Yeah. You know, United on the opening day ain't easy. Um, but I just feel like that for a team that everyone expects to be better because of the manager... I just feel like they get found out a little bit. And I do think Bielsa's system takes a quality of player. And I just don't think Leeds have that quality of player everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, Paulie. Should we move on to the other code of football? And uh, your boys, Mike. We'll, yeah, we'll start with your we boys Because um, uh, we predicted this on the pod. Everyone predicted this. And... Uh, I thought you did it very easy. I thought it was probably the best game you played all year. Yeah, um, I'd say it's probably one of our most complete performances for the year. Like, um, other than the first sort of few minutes where Geelong looked damaging, I thought they were dreadful um, overall, over across the whole game. I thought we just found ways to just keep them, you know, under under our sort of control. And I just thought we just ran away with it and we just kept building and building and building um, throughout the whole game and just sort of we needed to show the league you know, what Port were made of. So booking in a home prelim is massive. So gives Fantasia um, two weeks to yeah, I think get so the knee right. I think it was pretty precautionary and, um, though. Like he just had a big one. Is Geordie Ar- it's Georgie Artis, isn't it? Georgie he was Artis fantastic. He had nine game, touches. Uh, he will come back yep. in and I think at the expense of Todd Marshall. Um but obviously time will tell um, with that one we're still about a week and a half or so away from that game so 
Yeah, but I think especially in a year where there's no buy going into the finals, like normally you get the buy going into the first round and then you get another buy. And I think that's where people go, yeah, do you want two buys so quickly? But considering we haven't had a buy for I, I prefer sort of without weeks, the buy I think it's actually finals, nice just to freshen the squad up. A fan of no buy. Well, a fan of like, I feel like that. That's yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. I believe you gotta you gotta earn your week agree. off by winning your qualifier. Yeah, yeah. So for me, couldn't be happier. Nothing really to dig at. Um, a little bit. He's unreal. Like it's gonna sound like a weird, a very weird, uh, um, like analogy or reference. But when I watch Elia play football, it reminds me of Van Dyke playing for Liverpool. It just looks like a defender has so much time, just knows what he's doing, and he's just elite. Well, it's just that game awareness. Like, he just leaves his opponent, and last time he played direct opponent to Jeremy Cameron, and he couldn't play his game. Like, he had to follow him around, and that's not what Elia Elia does. Elia Elia is an intercepting defender who runs off his man, and... You know, I don't understand how Geelong let him go for so long without actually making him accountable, which I think whoever we play um, in the prelim, they need to find a way to they need to find a way to keep Alir Alir accountable, otherwise he's just gonna run amok. So I think not much more really to say about because it was just just feel like such a convincing win. Just feel like the prediction of power winning the uh, the whole premiership this season is just a very good prediction. I just after that performance there, they're going to be playing at home next game. Just, yeah, I, I, like, is there any preference that you'd rather play in the prelim pool? Yeah, um, I'm just trying to remember um, who's on that side. So I think it's that the Brisbane correct. Bulldogs. Yes, it is because oh, I had I had Melbourne to play Bulldogs? these guys because Brisbane going to be yeah, Melbourne would be because. Um, I gotta remember now, but it doesn't matter. Um, look, I think Brisbane. If we can get Brisbane at home, I'd take them all day. Um, they didn't actually look great at all against Melbourne, so I would one hundred percent take Brisbane, especially if they're gonna have to be flying over the, the place to, is that to play the this week and then, then fly back, back. stay in your own beds and whatever, and just enjoy. Yeah, yeah. and we we'll only have to travel for the grand final if we get there, so. I think we'll cross that bridge um, when we get there, um, knowing who we're versing and what the teams look like. But my disappointing game of the round... Yep. Um, actually, I'm going to jump here. Essendon. I, I I didn't actually watch the first quarter and I was getting some exercise in and I was following along. And, and never I was like, holy crap, here come Essendon. And then we found, we found out what's wrong with Essendon. They are like a piece of paper. They're great in the dry. They crumble in the wet. And as, as soon as the rain started coming down, Essendon just absolutely disintegrated. They just lost the all game plan. They obviously Peter Wright, such a big guy, relies on it being dry. That's why I think no one talks about this, but Essendon plays so many games that Eddie had where they probably don't play in the wet that much, um, which sounds crazy seeing that footy's a winter sport, but. When you're playing all your home or the majority of your home yeah. games in a enclosed stadium that plays so lightning quick, that suits Essendon. Um, and I just think the Bulldogs play the, the conditions so much better. That was a so shootout, and I think the Bombers kick straight. That really, hundred percent. So. But 
I think the Bulldogs just did what they needed to do. They needed a win. Um, I was going to initially back them, but I kind of fell into the the hype story of the Bombers, I think, a little bit. Um, I don't know about the Bulldogs, though, long-term, because it's took them a while to get into gear. And if they're playing... They have to be playing Brisbane because we played first and then Sydney played second. So they would be playing Brisbane. I don't think no, they, they can can't. give Brisbane, Brisbane the start that they gave um, us. And I think you got the easier to two finals... Yeah, the two sides that you could get. Sides. So that's the easiest side. Yeah, that's the easiest side. Um, and that's what I so wanted. What game you want to jump to next? You want to jump to the Melbourne-Brisbane game or you want to jump to the Swans-GWS game? You want to leave that one for last. I think there's more to talk about. Um, this. I think there's more to talk about the Swans game. So. We'll go to the Swans game. I'm going to put this out here now as a disclaimer. Yeah, let's go to the I did game predict this, because... but not in the way that it's happened. I am going to say that. Yeah. I was, same here. I, I didn't actually get to watch was, yeah, same here. much of this game because I was out at my own footy. So for me, and then I actually fell asleep when I turned it on. So I woke up and it was like 10 seconds to go. But just Sydney, it was one of those ones where it became an arm wrestle and I thought Sydney were going to be all right and it just looked like GWS managed to just stay with it and Toby Green Jaden said was going to be the difference um, maker for me it was definitely exactly the last quarter all Sydney so, and Sydney had so many chances to kick one just to go through and GWS as if GWS went behind at any stage they weren't going to yeah. find a goal from anywhere they were just being overrun um, for me Toby Green showed great grit because he was he came off a few times a bit injured and hurt and that's what killed my first multi um, which was not good and then obviously I put on a multi with the games after in the City game um, but like Toby Green for me was the difference on the day. And that's why I think the next question is so massive. Is he in trouble? And I think he's in massive trouble. I don't Yeah, they're done. Yeah. I don't even think it's a week. I think there's clear yeah, and obvious intent to lean in and make contact with the with the umpire. I think the nah. I think the precedent's there that it could be a couple be a week and a fine. Few. Nah, it'll be a week and a fine because they're not gonna be expecting to win this, I think. The AFL maybe might give him two and then he'll early guilty plea get down to one. But they won't. the thing is, the AFL won't want to also rub him out for that in the finals. Like, knowing what it means, I think they'll be a little... I mean, he's got a real bad record, I know, but I can't see him giving him more than two and then with an early guilty plea yeah, taking one I and feel a like fine, that is, I think, it's just silly. And an apology. I understand he's the moment. And he's such an important player and I feel like without him, GWS don't win. So... Yeah, and I do think Geelong are there for the taking. I really do. Yeah. Without Toby Green, just, yeah. Uh, it is a team that get it done, though, and they don't normally lose two big ones back-to-back, too. Like, they'll st- I think Geelong will still get up, to be honest. Um, and then they'll probably crumble to Melbourne yeah, in the would imagine on that's going to be a Melbourne power final from here. And speaking about Melbourne, they were great at Adelaide Oval on the Saturday night. Where I feel like I think like Brisbane that, were just really bad. Yeah, if it wasn't for Charlie Cameron, like Brisbane just never looked in. I didn't actually get to watch much of that one too, but yeah, if it wasn't for Charlie Cameron, then they, they get five, pumped, and four, I, that's five. what I feel for Charlie. I feel like that was Charlie's best game in the Brisbane Lions games. He was everywhere, just did everything, and not yeah. All I care about is mate, my man Zorko yeah, that, getting that, a touch that, that, that four was seconds to go to uh, wrap mine up. Yeah, and I was screaming at my phone because I thought the time was going to tick away yeah. and him not get the disposal that I needed for him to get to 20. 
because he was on 19 at the time and I was like yeah. please just get rid of the ball he got rid of it perfect. four seconds to go perfect in so the money for Crawley like, but um, yeah if someone got on Charlie's back and Charlie carrying and then maybe this was a different game and I really do think that Brisbane never looked out of it it was a very weird game you always were like if Brisbane get two on a row here, here they come right and it just never happened and I think that's more credit to Melbourne being so good defensively that they would ship one and go ah oh, not a problem we'll be alright we're not going to ship another one straight away We'll just marshal it, get one down yeah. the other end, no drama, stop the momentum. Because every time the Lions look like coming, Melbourne did exactly what they had to do. And that's a hallmark of a very good side. So, yeah, I think from here, it should be a Melbourne power granny. I do feel that. Yeah, I agree. Alrighty, I think time to move away from the AFL... You I actually have a question tonight, from Sam question that's coming late and on my phone. Um, and I am just going to get this out of the way now. Sam's asked, oh, yeah. should the F1s have gone ahead last night at Spa? Um, for those that don't know, or maybe you haven't even checked, Paul, um, the F1s in the end had about a four to five hour delay last night. In the end, did two laps to get half points because you need to do two laps under the safety car to get half points and awarded half points and there was no race, basically. Um, right, the weather was atrocious. Oh. I will pay that. Secondly, though, and this is my point and my issue with it, is that laps behind the safety car, as much as it is safe, and there's a big element of safety here, at that speed, you're not going to get the tyres of grooves peeling up as much water as you need to. So for me, I think it was more beneficial to go a few laps behind the safety car. This is your condition. Stella, please, yeah? Go race, right? Go, go race. Don't have a standing start, so you limit the damage in the turn one, if there's got to be damage, which there probably would have been, right? But it allows them to clear the water cons- consistently by lapping at a high speed. My second issue with it is, is I understand this decision back in the 90s yeah. or in the 80s, when safety wasn't as big, right? The modern-day F- F1 car can take a massive hit, a la Grosjean last season in his fireball crash. Second thing is, yeah, we don't want to put drivers at risk, but these are the best drivers in the world. This is what they're paid to do, Right? I know Verstappen said it wasn't as bad and the rest of everyone said they yeah. can't see. That's credit to the guy putting it on pole. Let him have his advantage. Wet weather drive is all about finding grip in lines and finding visibility when you can't. I think under today's modern day and age, as much as it's not safe for the driver per se, but I think modern day F1 safety, like look at the recent deaths in Formula 1, it's Jules Bianchi because he, you know, unfortunately ran into a crane. Um, for me, the modern, you, you're not seeing drivers die in... You know, crashes just like you did in the 80s, right? One of those F1 is safe enough that a race like that should run, I believe. I feel like it should have been safety car in after 10 minutes of running. You know your conditions, go, right? And hey, if there's absolute carnage first five laps, pull it. No problems with that. But I feel like that as much as the conditions were atrocious, you've got to give it a go. I feel like in today's modern day Formula 1 safety, element that race has to run so that's my answer to you saying because that question's coming really late and on my phone yeah all right i feel like what we do is we go i think we go to dim first then luca and the reason why i'm doing js last paul in his question is the fact that the signings are almost that i want to talk about them Alright, so question number one there is predict signings for the last week of the window. I'm going to go off a limb and say I'm going to predict City to sign a striker out of panic. 
And I am going to predict something for our boys, Paul. Something for Liverpool. I feel like it's either a midfielder like Basuma or it's going to be some striker you never heard of that is going to come in on the cheap just to put something in the squad. Um, yeah, I definitely see a midfielder coming. Basuma should um, come in if Klopp wants it. Off season, so. I think he fits. I would love him. Anyway, um... I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal sign another striker because they don't actually need one. Um, and that sort of just goes on the theme of, of their signings. Who else do I think uh, could do with a signing? Don't be surprised if Spurs get a loan signing, um, potentially Adama Traore, I'm hearing, um, to follow Nuno, um, which I think would be cool. Um, who else? I could see, like... Norwich going for one they're, more they're player. They're tough games out the way now games, as well, I think. Um, and trying to get a bit of quality. Yeah, which they could sell. But I haven't really I seen like anything major brewing, I just feel like that has surprising. to happen. It would be a mistake for it not to happen. I'm surprised they're not talking about but Mbappe because he's well, come I'll out saying he wants to leave. Too, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Dim, second question. Will Haaland be able to replicate his I don't form see him in the Champions well League where he doesn't this like. season? We've got previous history and players always seem to follow tens and trends sorry, of previous history. So for me, I think, yeah, the guy's incredible. So I feel like I feel like his quality and maybe someone yeah, City could also look quality. at if they really want. Yeah, I think he's got a, um, expo- a release clause that... Everyone's kind of yeah. Everyone's circling for next season. Yeah, so don't be surprised if he signs a new yeah, deal I'll this year as well, too. just to up that. Um. All right, Luca. I feel like we've sort of covered numbers here the for first CR question. Um, is what the question is. So. I feel like he's going to get anywhere between ten to fifteen goals and maybe about five assists. He's not going to. He's not much. I don't think with assists yeah. too many times. Yeah, so yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I'm not, a lot of people are going to go out there and predict 20, 25, 30, win Golden Boot. I don't see that at all. No, I just feel like that it's just, yeah, hype. No way. And then, I just don't think he's going to play enough and consistently, so I think that's part of it. So, the second part, this is one where I feel like we're going to be split. Um, how defensively solid will Man United be feel with Varane? that they are going to be a lot better at the back. I don't think they're going to be perfect. I don't think they're going to be as defensively solid as Liverpool, Chelsea, City, etc. But I feel like it's a massive improvement, a huge improvement. I've just seen so many mistakes from your man at Madrid. Don't be surprised if he gets caught out of position and leaves Maguire back there or steps up when he shouldn't or plays a silly pass because I've seen so much of it with him at Madrid and for France. Like it's he's, he's not like he's That was my big worry. Like, yes, his speed and he's just got... The, like, Van Dyke doesn't have the mistake in him. Ramos doesn't have the mistake in him. Like, I think he's a step down from he's the elite centre-backs for that reason though. because he does have... There's always a worry... Yeah, I agree with that, but don't be surprised if they do, you know, concede yeah, the odd silly goal because he has a brain fart. Uh, all right, final question for the night. So where will West Ham finish? Um, should we start yeah, with that first? What? What do you reckon? 
Where will West Ham finish? That first part. Uh, yeah, we can start with that first. Sorry, I'll where, go with where they finish. One. Um, I realise there's two questions actually written in one. Um, where will West Ham finish? Uh, they've started really well, but they haven't played anyone really difficult. Uh, a bit early to tell that they're going to finish like in the four, or whatever. But I think West Ham for sixth is not a bad shout. Yeah. Yeah, my my head went straight to seventh. Um, I think that six, seven, eight bracket. Is I would love, I would love to see how they go against the, um, for the majority of the season. You know, if you're the bigger boys, and if they hold their own, then watch out. It could be even against you know your Leicesters and Villas and you know those side Spurs yeah. that are going to be in and around those same sort of spots. Just haven't seen it yet. But the second part of the question is thoughts on. The signings of Zuma and Vlasic, which is almost done. So Zuma for me, I don't know. Because I think their defence has been good. Like, I mean, if he's coming in for Ogbonna, I'd say yes. But, like, Dawson's been fine. He's been serviceable. So for me, I've got no problem problem with with um, playing Dawson. I think if it's for competition, then it's a good Got signing. Us. But, I mean, Ogbonna is probably the one that... Whether Zuma can play on the left, that's the issue, because I don't think he yeah. can, so it I sounds like, like he's going to play on the right. Too. For me, it's a weirdish one, because I just feel like... And it's almost done. West Ham almost in for Mokovic, wasn't weren't they? And then they he, last minute. Yeah, so... Well, don't they, be surprised they, said they no, both don't come. We'll finally get one here. Um, for, Okay, so Zuma is confirmed. No, Zuma's right. confirmed, well, I think. I think for competition, it's Zuma's confirmed. If he's starting, yeah. then I just feel like it disrupts that back for a little bit too much for me. If someone falls out of form, then yeah. I, look, it can only be a good thing, I think. Mm. The, yeah, and I feel like but that they're playing in good. Europe Blasic, as well, I think, so they're going to have games regardless. Where does he play, though? That's I'm trying thing. to think. You don't. Where do you fit him in? He's one of those guys you... He's got to sit on the bench and come in. He's got to earn his spot. If someone drops out of form, but I wouldn't be changing anything about West Ham at the minute. Well, when you got Ben Rama, Fournells, Bowen, and Antonio playing the way they are. But yeah, I feel like. Yeah, and I agree with that. JS, I understand the hype and understand, yeah, and you think these signings are world beaters. They're not. They're they're the step below, and they're good to improve your squad, but I don't think they're the signing that I think you're asking the question for that's going to help you finish like top four. Yeah, man. Not like Dimi Payet coming in. Yeah. And he's going to change, and you know he's going to change everything overnight. But which is probably what West Ham don't need anyway, to be honest. Like, there's nothing wrong with what West Ham is doing. You don't want to try and build too fast because when you do, that's when the wheels fall off. And well, they had to spend the money because they knew they were losing their linchpin, so they're in a different situation. But. Don't be surprised if West Ham don't do any I other crazy I be business either. this season. I would not be surprised with that. That's happened. my I think that's a great sort of take. Yeah. Yep. So I think so. I too. think that's a good spot for us to end this week. Um, obviously, the transfer window is sort of closing on yep. what tomorrow night, Wednesday night, Wednesday our night. time. I can't remember now. I think, I think it's Wednesday night. Um, yeah. So we'll be able to touch base on that next week. Um, international breaks and be fun so probably another sort of footy theme podcast next week because it sounds like all the Premier yeah, League players a, aren't going to go it's a weird one so compete they're going to block countries. it and then FIFA said that they'll ban the players for two weeks so they can't play 
um, which they think they do have right away over the Premier League for that. Um, and the Premier League clubs are then trying to find a way where they can then go, okay, they can go play, but you've got to remember they're on private jets, whatever. Surely they don't have to quarantine. I'd just say watch this space. We're not going to know until the players go and then know yeah. what the ruling is going to be. I just don't see a world where FIFA and the Premier League don't come to agreement where they allow the players to play. Because it's the, it's the... Yeah. Talking about player safety you See, I, point, I feel like, that too. I feel like that's where the EPL, countries. the FIFA and the rest of the... Yeah, well... The clubs do. Who pays so the for players. me, I feel like what I mean, they should do internationally, the I understand they're getting to play, is maybe say that all comps, you have two weeks off over Christmas, New Year, whatever, or three weeks off, and just play your games there. But, yeah, uh, I feel like international games at the minute shouldn't be taking priority at the minute. Yeah. It, well, it's because they're qualifiers, that's why. They're qualifiers. Oh, they're World Cup qualifiers. With the current why, climate, can you play them? Well, it's, it's because yeah, the Euros cool. got pushed back. That's the problem. So that's a part of the issue. But Because otherwise, like in the lead up to the end of last season, they would have had these games played already. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's just, makes things hard. Everything's I, been moved yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we'll talk about that next week. All right. Anytime, Thank you mate. once again, Damo, for your company. Another big week of sport, I think, too. So, from Damo and myself, that's going to wrap up another week of the PD Sports Podcast. Hopefully, you've enjoyed. Make sure you leave a review um, or jump in the Discord, which will be in the description. And we'll see you guys next week.